Uh, welcome to another show from uh, WNZN Radio, uh, 89.1 FM, Rain, Ohio. We just are very, very happy you tuned in on this beautiful early spring day. And uh, sitting here with my good friend, Assistant David Abood. Hey, John, great to be here with you today. It's a beautiful day oh, out there. Oh, it sure is. And uh, again, if... Uh, if you're having any problem hearing us, any static with your radio or a weak signal, you may want to just live stream it on your computer or laptop. You can simply go to www.wnzn.org. That's wnzn.org. And there shouldn't be any problem getting that. And, you know, uh, we actually had several guests in the past couple of months, David. And looking forward, we're looking to have some really interesting guests. One fellow has come from London. Yeah. He's heading up a national prayer endeavor that we're going to be talking about. And the other is a good friend of mine who you've spoken with. Is uh, yes. Lives in uh, Thailand. Yes. And has a mighty work over there. Boy, is he special. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. story is special. The miracles are special. It's just an incredible... There should be a movie made. Yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> and so, what he's accomplished with prayer and uh, obedience. Exactly it's unbelievable, right. man. Wow. But because we're approaching Easter week... You know, actually, this Sunday is Palm Sunday, isn't yes, it? Yes, I believe so. We yes. go into the what some would call Easter week or the Passion Week, and we'll be having um, Good Friday, of course, will be a week from this Friday, and then um, then Easter Sunday is the following yes. Sunday. So I thought we would focus perhaps on this week on the crucifixion, next week on the resurrection of Jesus, which really is the heart of the gospel. We'll look at that in a moment. But it's the idea that... Um, all of this just didn't happen. It was predicted. It yes. was prophesied. There was uh, pictures of this and shadows of this written thousands of years prior to. And all of these predictions and prophecies converge on the person of Jesus Christ in this coming week. It is really incredible uh, when you look at it. And I was going to start by just looking for a moment at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we're really going to do a deep dive, at least for the next 45 minutes, uh, about uh, particularly the prophecies concerning the crucifixion. Next week we'll look at prophecies concerning the resurrection. But it says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul writing says this, Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel. So he's, this is the gospel. Right. Which I preach to you, which you also received, in which you stand, by which you are saved. So it's really important to know what the gospel is. If you hold fast to the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So he's going to present the boiled down, focused, <clears throat> concentrated, what is the gospel. Because a lot yeah. of people have think the gospel is feeding the poor the people or doing this or doing that. All those are good things, right. but that's not the essential gospel. And here it is, verse 3. For I delivered to you first of all, or first importance, that which I also received. So here we see he received it from somebody and he passes it off to somebody. And by extension we sit here today because somebody continued that transmission or sharing that gospel yes. message yeah that christ died for our sins according to the scriptures yes. that's old testament scriptures yeah. that's what we're going to look at today mm -hmm. he died according to the scriptures that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures and that was what we're going to study next week the resurrection according to the old testament scriptures so we're going to really get into this now and one of the things we... And, and when was uh, 1 Corinthians 15 written, John? That, that's a good question because yeah. it was very early. Yeah. And some people think 1 Corinthians 15 may have been written like with in less than 20 years from Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, as I said. It's very early, the, the style and the messaging here. 
But again, Paul presents this is the gospel yeah. message, yeah. and it's locked in to the Old Testament scripture, and of course, it's New Testament when we read it, what Paul is writing uh -huh. here. So Jesus would often say things like, search the scriptures for they testify of me. Yes. Or he'll say, Moses wrote about me. And we're going to see this continual reference to things written 500 years ago, 700 years before Jesus was here, a thousand years, that all tell about his crucifixion and resurrection. Yeah. But we're just <clears throat> going to focus today a bit on the resurrection. And... Um, I want to launch into that. Let's look at Psalm 22. Okay, that's a good place to start. Sure. Psalm 22. Um, again, this is written, they believe, by King David. It's at least a thousand years prior to the time of Jesus and 3,000 years from where we sit here right today. Uh -huh. Yeah. But it's extremely relevant. We're going to see in a moment. Okay. But it says, um, it opens, it, it, it says here in the psalm, it, it's ascribed to David. So that's the best the theologians mm -hmm. realize and the scholars. But notice he says, verse 1, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, that, why that is interesting is that was what Jesus, almost one mm -hmm. of the last statements he'll make on the cross. You'll see this in Mark chapter 15, yeah. verse 34. So if you were standing around the cross, now remember there's many people around the cross. There's soldiers. yes. Pharisees, religious leaders, a curious crowd. Yeah. It's like a lynch mob, really, yeah. in many ways. Um, <clears throat> they're just there to see him die and be killed. And, of course, his mother is there. The Apostle John is there. And uh, this was essentially what they would do. I mean, yeah. there was believers, there's unbelievers, and people. a lot of people just came out of curiosity, too. But yeah. they hear him say this, yeah. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And I'm, I'm sure they're startled. But they, anyone that knew the scripture knew that that was the lead in this Psalm 22. Yeah. They knew that that was the lead. Uh, and and, and my, that's disturbing, you know? Well, yeah. Especially because it's somebody that knows and trusts God. Exactly right. Plus, um, it's gonna, you're going you're gonna to say to yourself, why, why, yeah. why is he saying that? And why right. is that connected with Psalm 22? So right. if they go to Psalm 22, the next verse says, Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning, oh my God, I cry in the daytime yeah. to you, but you do not hear. And in the night season, I am not silent. Now, now it's talking about this man in anguish. Yes. But notice something. Yeah. He cries during the daytime. God doesn't hear him. But also the night season. So how many hours is Jesus on the cross? Six. Six hours. What yeah. happens from the ninth hour to the twelfth hour? There's darkness. It's yeah, a night right. season. Yes, night it's season. It's a night season. Yes. You see how detailed this is here? Yeah. So there's that darkness is covering the land. And of course, this, mm -hmm. this is phenomenal. I mean, the, after the crucifixion, I mean, the, the skies are rattled. It's yeah. dark at yeah. noontime. And the earth is going to shake. Right. So heaven and earth are shaken. They're out of place. You see this? It's, everything yes. is out of, so to speak, alignment yeah. because the Son of God is being crucified. So... Um, now, look at verse 3 through 4. You can read that if you will. Sure. You are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. So he's saying, he's ascribing these attributes yeah. to God. We've trusted you. Mm -hmm. uh, you are the Holy One of Israel. But, he says in verse 6, I am a worm and no man, a reproach yes. of men despised by the people, all those who see me ridicule me. Yeah. Now remember, notice these yeah. men walking around, 
looking, laughing, yes. mocking, uh, joking. It says they shoot yep. out the lip, they shake their head, saying, mm -hmm. he trusted in the Lord, let him rescue him. Yep. Let him deliver him. So he's they're, what they're taunting him, our Lord, they're saying, okay, you say you're the Savior, get yourself down from the cross. Yeah. You say you're a miracle worker. Yeah. But these words are written a thousand years before he's put on the cross. No you see kidding. I mean? Yeah. Now, how can this be? This right. thing is, is telescoped. It, 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 it sees way down the corridors of time mm -hmm. to get to this place where uh, Jesus is being crucified and this very thing is taking place. Yeah. So how can this be in high, high detail um, like that? And it, it speaks to the fact that he's alone. Yes. You can see that in verse 9 and 10. Yep, okay. See, he's alone. Right. He's uh, you, are br uh, you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. See? Want me to keep going? Yeah, you can do verse 11. Okay. Uh, do not be from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. See, he's totally abandoned. Even yeah. his apostles at this point yeah. ran away. Perhaps only the apostle John. We know he's at it, the base of the cross. It's, it's the same way that you think that King David felt, right? There's many times exactly. he found himself... You know, an impossible circumstance, or an, an impossible circumstance, and wondered where God was in his life. You yeah, know, so it's, it, it's similar. But again, you know, th that's interesting because of the typology where we look at uh, characters in the Bible to uh, emulate or um, kind of symbolize Christ. There it is. Oh yeah, you know, it's perfect. It's what yeah. they call near and far yeah. fulfillment. To your point, mm -hmm. this some of these things actually happened to David. Remember, mm -hmm. he was being chased. Even his own son was after him. He had to take a band right. of men and hide up in the right. caves. But then it has this far fulfillment, way in the, we're talking <clears throat> a thousand years later, in the person of Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. And that's why, really, when you study Jesus, he's called the light of the uh, light of the world, yes. right? Yeah. But he's also the light of the word. Yeah. In other words, the word makes sense. The Old Testament makes sense. We're going to see that in a moment. Yeah. When, when you put Jesus in place, he's like... Yeah. Uh, the Word became flesh, yeah. right? He is the Word. He's the master key. He yeah. Once once you put the cornerstone in there, mm -hmm. everything else starts fitting. If you don't have him in there, how do you figure all this stuff out? Well, it, you know, it started with Genesis, right? Uh, after Adam and Eve uh, sinned, and then uh, God said, you know, to the serpent that, that you know, he would send his son, right? That, and that his son would crush his head. The he, yeah, the right? Yeah. And that he would bruise his heel, yeah. uh, Jesus' heel. Exactly but so from right. there, it, it's it's all about, you know, John, uh, th th that simple idea that, that you instilled in me, it made it so much easier to follow the Bible from old to new mm -hmm. and see the connection. I like what you always told me. The Old Testament is here before Christ came, and, and then... The New Testament is on the right, so there are two sides of the sword, and Jesus is the tip. Uh -huh, right. He connects them. I mean, it's a beautiful visual, uh, but it, it kind of carries forward here too. A thousand years before, and weak, you know, they they prophesized what the what the environment would be exactly right with him hanging on the cross. You know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it, all the evidence yeah. is here. Now, people can read it or not right. read it. They can believe it. They can yeah. not believe it. They can dismiss it. Right. But you, you've got to at least say, this is interesting. If, oh, if you're well, a non-believer, you'd have to say, oh, this is curious or this yeah. is interesting. Or I'm going to have to take a... But this is a problem I've seen, David. Yeah. And probably in my own life before I came to Christ. Yeah. It's called unexamined unbelief. 
people don't un, don't examine their unbelief. Why don't you believe there's a God? There seems to be a lot of evidence there is a God. Why don't you believe Jesus came into this world, lived a perfect, sinless life, yeah. did miracles, yeah. died on the cross, mm -hmm. ascended to heaven? We can't go to his tomb. You can go all the tombs of the great leaders. Yes. You know, Muhammad or Joseph Smith or Brigham Young. There's their tomb. There's usually a big whatever monument there. Not so for Jesus. Why is it absent? You know, I, I like I, I like your your simple scenario where you say, you know, our birthday is based on his birthday. Right. So the calendar is set up B.C. and A.D. based on his life and death. Why that man? Yeah. Why so did he at the end of the day, that hasn't changed. So you know, at the end of the day, you really have to look at it. But you also have to come to grips if if this if you think this is the word of God or if it's not or if you think this is a foolish book exactly uh, and and if you if you get past the foolish book thing and start to read it on your own that's when you're going to be enlightened but you have to pray too John to get this because I remember when I first you know, when I tried to read the Bible years ago, I thought I was reading Swahili mm. or some other kind of language I didn't under understand. But then when you pray on it and you really ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes, you see the puzzle come together. Exactly right. You yeah. really do, and it's clear. Um, so anyway, you have to, when you look at the prophecies, we even saw that there was something like 333 prophecies about Jesus throughout the Old and New Testament there's no way that can happen with what forty six different authors, or is it that exactly. is that no, the right number? Right. There's probably yeah. forty authors yeah. over one thousand five hundred years. I mean, come on, how, so, how can that? This isn't you know the one author is God yeah. using those those forty or so individuals, but there is no way this book is seamless. Yeah, there's no way. It's, a, it's yeah. a library, really. Biblios, where we get the word Bible, is kind of like books <clears throat> means right. books, but it's a, it's a, it's a library. But has a singular theme. Yeah. Two books, one story. Uh -huh. And once you start looking at it, you go, boy, this seems mm -hmm. to fit. This seems. But like you said, you have David. You you have to pray. You have to study. Yes. Uh, there's good pastors. There's teachers. Maybe there's somebody listening out there today, in the listening audience, and never really examined the evidence. Maybe kind of dismissed it growing right. up. Left church, not happy. And never thought about it. That right. I was in a similar circumstance, you know. Yeah. Until I was 27 years old. But then when you look at it and you go, whoa, and then you start internalizing, especially yeah. once you receive Christ, yeah. you have the Holy Spirit, then yeah. it kind of opens up. Yeah. It, you know, we had our men's retreat at our church, mm -hmm. Bay Prez. It was wonderful, wasn't it, John? Oh, yeah, it was excellent. We had uh, incredible guest speakers with Bob Fredericks, the former super agent for the FBI that put a lot of mafia guys behind prison, including, you know, the, the new movie out. Uh, the Irishman that was out recently, you know, he identified him, told his, uh, had his testimony. And there were several people that were really impacted by that. And they came up to me and I said, you know, let Easter be the time you open the Bible. Yeah. And I think the book that you, you wanted people to start with, which is a good one, is John, right? Yes, right. Is right. that the best one to start with? Uh, I, I, Would if you say? is seeking. Yeah. And they really, and they don't know where should I start, yeah. Proverbs or Exodus or something. I would start with the Gospel of John because John presents Jesus in full living color, yeah. so to speak, with the seven miracles. Mm -hmm. It's really specially designed. And then John moves the people, the reader, to the almost the last chapter. And he says, these things I have written unto you that you might know that Jesus Christ yeah, is right. Lord. Let me read it here. It yeah, says, okay. Um, Truly, Jesus did many signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing 
you may have life in his name. That's where John, the Gospel of John takes you to that end point. And if you read, I, say, I always recommend people do this. Pray, ask God to open mm -hmm. your eyes, you understand. Yeah. To just read one chapter. Just read one chapter a day. If you don't understand something, that's okay. Keep, keep moving along. But uh, allow God to touch your heart. And then seek out people that yeah. have a pastor or a teacher that can help you. There's great mm -hmm. stuff out there. But uh, the <clears throat> idea being, look at the evidence. What is the evidence suggesting? Like we're here in Psalm 22. Yeah. So, I mean, again, this is a thousand years out. Right. Um, it's high detail of mm -hmm. a man. We're going to see it's a man crucified. Right. He says in verse 12, many bulls have surrounded me. Back here in chapter 22. Mm -hmm. Strong bulls of Bastion have encircled me. So, this is descriptive of animals. Yes. Of men. Yeah. Wow. You know, like you ever hear somebody say, he's like a wild yeah. wolf or he's a bear of a man. Or, well, these are cruel Roman soldiers. Yes, they are. And they're looking down and they've encircled him. Notice they're walking around the cross. They gape at me with their mouths. Like a raging and roaring lion. Yes. Laughing. He's in yes. tremendous pain. Right. But notice something very important. He says in verse 14, I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melt. He is in deep physical suffering. And you see his bones, he's being yeah. stretched. So he could actually, a bone could pop out of the socket. But no bones are broken. We're going to look at that. Because Jesus is a type of the Passover lamb and none of the bones would be broken. None of his bones are broken, but he's under tremendous strain hanging yeah. on the cross. And one of the things you die on the cross is by asphyxiation. Asphyxiation, yes, yeah. You stop breathing because yeah. you can't keep pushing yourself up to catch a breath. Uh -huh. and, and notice he's saying, he says, my heart has melted within me. My strength is dried up like a... So he's totally thirsty. He's, he's, he's in this hot sun. He's been tortured. He's been whipped. Yeah. My tongue clings to my jaws. He probably can't even swallow. Yeah, you know? it, 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 you're right. It, I, I like that line, many bulls have surrounded me. The forsaken one once again describes his crisis. Uh, he's, descri he's describing the people tormenting him. Uh, but I, I like what Clark said here. The bull is the emblem of br brutal strength that gores and tramples down all before it. And Spurgeon, I have a quote from him, John. Uh -huh. The priest, elders... Scribes, Pharisees, rulers, and captains bellowed round the cross like wild cattle, fed in the fat and solitary pastures of Bashan, full of strength and fury. They stamped and foamed around the innocent one and longed to gore him to death with their cruelties. Yes, right. That's Gosh. And wow. don't forget, this time of the year, this is Passover. Yeah. So you got thousands and thousands of pe people, pilgrims, right. that don't ordinarily live in Jerusalem yep. at this time. So they're there. And they're coming out. They're probably to this spectacle of right. the cross. Yeah. You see, so it's 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 bizarre. I what mean, a, it's, yeah. You have some believers there, like Mary and John and others. Then you have these Roman soldiers. You have these priests, these people. Uh, some of his disciples. We yeah. don't know, but yeah. it's, it must be huge. Yeah. You know, they're all there looking. Yeah. It's a noonday. Right. And, for and for then, a guy that was innocent and did nothing, and the amazing thing is, everybody said that. You know, he was powerless. It was his choice to be on the cross. Oh, yeah. uh, and he was quiet about it, but that was it. He, You know, it, so all the way through to this cruelty and brutalness, he never once spoke up for himself, and he did his father's will. You know, because the hard, the hard thing for me is when we get into this, and it talks about God actually um, relishing 
uh, in this and just, you know, joyful about the crucifixion. That's hard to swallow. But, but then it's really more, I think, correct me, John, but it's more about his son's obedience to save us from our sins. Because when he, we go on the, when he goes on the cross, he virtually is taking our sins into his yes, body right. and killing them off. Yes. Right? right. So that, that's the visual I have in my head. And when I think God is, is smiling or happy about it, he knows that his son was obedient and that we all have an opportunity once he is resurrected to come back yes, right. in his glory and to be in his presence. So, death yeah. death to right. death. Right. You know, and then the, yeah. On the cross, it's like it's almost like all of us, let's say, are infected. Right. We're all infected by a disease, right? Yeah. And then this person comes in totally yeah. healthy, pristine, yeah. does it, and he goes and he allows all that toxins and everything mm -hmm. to come into his body. And as a result of that, we are able to draw an antitoxin from him. Yes. But in the process, he dies. Yes. And we're all healed. You see what he does? He takes mm -hmm. all of our contaminants, and then he gives us, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know. It's like I remember an illustration. A guy stood up, and he had this old, like, brown bag. It was just like a, almost like a garbage bag. It was old. It was it was ripped and everything. And then he has this book, his glistening mm -hmm. book, yeah. like with jewels and everything on it. And he says to the person holding this bag, it was an illustration, he says, give me that bag, give me that bag and take this book. And that, that's our sins, our guilt, our shame. And then he's going to give us the Holy Spirit, forgiveness, a yes. purpose and everything else in life. And who wouldn't want that exchange? But there's people that just might yeah. want to hold on to this bag. And it's the only way God's justice is satisfied. Right, and right. it wasn't at the day of, of when they sacrificed the lamb yeah. too. Pass so on. then it, it connects up. That's the other perfect thing. We'll get to that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't mean to jump okay. ahead. Okay, fine. So once again, yeah. this is WNCN Radio coming to you from Lorraine, Ohio. Yeah. And again, because we're a week out from Easter, we're really focused in today on the coming crucifixion of our Lord, which is going to be next Friday. I mean, if you follow the calendar, mm -hmm. Good Friday. And particularly we're looking at uh, prophecies, predictions, pictures of Jesus in the Old Testament that point directly uh, to the suffering he's going to go through on the cross. Right. And we're in Psalm 22 uh, once again. And again, if you have any trouble hearing the radio program this morning, please live stream it on your computer or your laptop. Simply go to www.wnzn.org and you should be able to get it rather clearly. Now, look what he says. This is important. Look what he says in verse 16. Dogs surround me, a pack of villains encircles me, they pierce my hands and my feet. Okay, now look. Yeah. Again, dogs at that time were yeah. Gentiles because they didn't, even Jesus talked about dogs, mm -hmm. you know, Gentiles. They didn't eat kosher, they weren't right. you know, ritually clean. He says, Dogs have surrounded me, that'd be the Romans in them. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. These are all the people that put him on the cross that spoke lies against him. Yeah. But notice it says, they pierced my hands and my feet. Yeah. That was not capital punishment back then at the time of David. Capital punishment was, was stoning or you'd throw somebody off a cliff. Um, or you might, you may behead him, but, I'm not, but the, the, the choice of capital punishment back there was stoning. Just what, not, not crucifixion, piercing hands and feet. Put nails. See, that came, they think, by way of the Persians. Yeah, that's what I had, too. Go ahead and yeah. read that. Set well, that no, up. but, yeah, it says, in any regards, uh, hundreds of years before the Romans adopted the Persian practice of crucifixion, 
uh, you know, the prophet, I wrote here, the prophet David described the wounds of crucifixion that his greater son would bear. But, um, yeah, so I, I, didn't, I forgot the Persians were right, the ones but they that said the Romans refined it. Yes. Now, yeah. when the Romans, what the deal with the cross was, it was an advertisement. That's why they'd always post the uh, mm -hmm. charges above the person's head. Right. Like above Jesus, they put King of the Jews, which they didn't want to put, yeah. but they ended up putting it up there. But then they would, sometimes they said they would have a thousand crosses going up a road system where there was a revolution, right? So if you're coming into town for Passover and you see crosses with men on it, yes. corpses, and you look at their crime, thief, rebel, you're not going to do that, right? <laughs> it was a commercial because... Uh, like a bulletin board, if you will, a billboard. Yeah. Because the one thing Rome wanted is peace. I mean, they mm -hmm. wanted to keep everything buttoned down. Mm -hmm. They were an oppressive force, Dictatorship, right? Dictatorship, yeah. And it was called Pax Romana, mm -hmm. the Roman peace, which benefited the spread of the gospel because they could go up and down the mm -hmm. road systems and stuff like that. But nevertheless, they were cruel. They were mean, but they, the, the symbol of their power was the cross because yeah. it could keep people up. But the symbol of victory and liberation would become the cross. Yeah, and that That's great? why to this like day, yeah. the greatest branding or the greatest icon mm -hmm. is not the golden arches. Yep. It's not the circle with the red dot for target. Yeah. It's not the apple yeah. with a bite out of it. It's not the Nike check mark. Yeah. It's the cross. Yeah. Excellent. It's the cross. Yeah, that's great. And isn't that because yeah. what does the cross show us? Well, the vertical, the horizontal mm -hmm. beam, I mean, the vertical beam mm -hmm. shows our relationship from us on the earth mm -hmm. up to God in heaven. Yeah. The, ver the horizontal, once we've established this relationship, the horizontal is man's relationship with man. Yes. And it's, it's, it's perfectly yeah. illustrated. Yeah. It, it, was the it was the perfect sacrifice and it was the only way. Uh, our sins would have been justified by God in heaven. It's you know, it. it's the only way it would have gone down. So even though uh, in its cruelty, it's one of the most beautiful events of love ever, oh, yeah. ever seen in the world. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because it shows, for God so loved the world right. that he gave. Huh. Yes. His own, that giving yeah. means he gave him to death. Right, right. You see? Yeah. So even even in a in a fallen world mm -hmm. in a government like Americans or any government one of the highest recognition we can give a fellow citizen uh, it takes an act of congress to give it it's called a congressional medal of honor that's ah, the yeah. highest right. degree right. and usually somebody that gets that is dead mm -hmm. because they gave their life for their fellow soldiers maybe they jumped on a hand grenade mm -hmm. or they uh, they stood in the way of a uh, weapon mm -hmm. systems coming, but nevertheless, we recognize that person gave his life for a group yes, of others. Right. Well, the greatest congressional medal of honor winner was Jesus, because he he didn't have to give his life, but he gave us. He died for us while we were yet sinners. We didn't do anything good, you know. But he died for us, and so once we see that. Like you say, David, it's the greatest expression of love. Somebody suggests the cross symbolizes the depths of man's sin, but the height of God's love. Yeah, it's like a ribbon. It, it's a knot. It, it's it's the entire th this time of year is. I think my two favorite times of year are Christmas with the birth of Christ, and then Easter. Yeah, right. right. Easter week because um, it's the culmination. It, it's uh, it starts with God's promise in Genesis that 
his son would be born yeah. to save us. And then this is towards the end of his life, but it's the best part of his life. Yeah, right. Because this is when our sins, you know, there's so many times uh, that I hear people coming up to me, you know, guys saying, there's no way he's going to forgive me with the things I've done. And we heard that a lot over the retreat too. I did, you know, because when you're, uh, we were one of the leaders, so yeah. leaders get this kind of traction a little bit and guys come up to you to talk to you. And uh, they're just like, why would he forgive me? And so you, you kind of have to bring him back to the end of his life here right. and keep hitting it up. But when you show them the prophecies and you explain to them a thousand years before, you know, this was prophesied, 600 years before, but look at the detail, as you said, uh -huh. then that, that should give everybody hope that this is true. It's this is a true story. And you don't have to, I, I like what you said. I used it the other day. Uh, when I was talking to somebody, you said, you know, you told me at one point when we started together, you know, Dave, you can't keep looking in the rearview mirror for the past. Uh, first, you know, you always want to look out your, your front window. Right. And the front window is a lot bigger there than the rearview mirror. There's so, um, and that's what I told them. <laughs> that's good. And, and the, front, the front window is the resurrection. It's the death on the cross, the blood uh, of the perfect, you know, the shedding of the blood of the perfect. Um sacrifice and then the resurrection because everything is is much brighter from here oh yeah. and you know it and but it's challenging because some of these guys that, that i talk to and i know it's hard to break away from your past so you keep sinning but you have to realize that you have been set free the shackles are off that's right so if you want to keep looking in the rearview mirror nobody can stop you but you're really only killing yourself right and if, if there's no reason, if you didn't have the ability to go over the fence and there was no fence or any other land over that fence and it's a straight cliff, then I get it. But the doors are wide open to the green pasture, and that's what the front window is. Yeah, you get right? that exactly. That's yeah. why the Apostle Paul says, forgetting those things that are behind me, yes. I press forward to the high calling in mm -hmm. Christ Jesus. So there's Christians that... that that are are depressed because of forgiven sins. Mm -hmm. They're they're still living with the guilt of a forgiven sin. Yeah. If 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 you've been pardoned from prison mm -hmm. and the door cell's been open and you still sit in your prison cell, yeah. What more can you do? I mean, you oh go by gosh. and you say, "Hey, yeah. do you want to get out?" Yeah, but I don't know. And you know, again, you know, the, the door cell's open. Once you accept Christ, it says in Romans chapter eight, verse one. Yes. Now there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ yes. Jesus. So who commits worse sins? Right. I mean, you know, I mean, you, you know, uh, when when we got together and it was some time, and I told you my my miraculous dream mm -hmm. or this. Uh, I guess, visitation I felt I had from the Holy Spirit. You know, when I had uh, some issues uh, ten, 10 or so years ago, um, you know, uh, I, I was I was sleeping and I just had this vision, you know, and this cool breeze came into the room and um, I just heard, I heard a voice saying, Dave, I can't help you if you don't move. Wow. Mm -hmm. Dave, I can't help you if you don't move. So, you know, it's kind of like when you look at the healing path through Jesus with the Bible, you know, he would put mud on guys' eyes, but say, go wash it off. Right. Or go, or he would spit and, you know, put uh, the this, this saliva on their eyes, or he would play with their ears, you know, if they were deaf. But he always had you participate. Seemed to, yeah. Yeah. So Throw the it's net the, on the other side. It's of the, the same thing here, man. You've got to, it, the doors are open, but you have to get out of your chair and walk to the door. 
or it's just not going to happen for right, you. Right. right, John? So that's the biggest... If, if cannot, I could convey that to anybody that's a non-believer that has addictions or is struggling, you have to move. The doors are open. They're yeah, ready for you. Right. You cannot steer a parked right. car. No. You know, you just can't. And then the yeah. prodigal, once he came to his senses, right. he devised a plan about right. going back to his father. Mm-hmm. But then it says he went, he got up and went. Too many people, like you say, they're in lockdown. They're in lockdown. They're paralyzed. And that's what the enemy wants. He, he wants you to be frozen and and he, he will paralyze you if you allow him to. Yeah, paint you in a corner. Yep. Okay. So back here to Psalm yep. 22. Yep. He says, again, they pierced my hands and my feet. Mm-hmm. Now look, he's hanging on the cross. He's looking down in verse 17. He says, I can count all my bones. So he's looking down at his body. Yeah. So he's looking down at the people around the cross. Now he's focused on his body. <laughs> they, they, my bone, my ribcage stare at me. And then it says, what? They divide my garments yeah. among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. Yeah. Now, how how are you going to get this unless somebody fabricated all this? You know, and for what reason? Yeah, you know, um, I, I like what Jay Warren Wallace, you know, I, I bring him up a few times because when I first got into this, I just like the way he thought because I'm, I'm analytical and I wanted to be able to talk to non-believers in a way that just presented the facts and not judgment or my own opinion. And I like what Jay Warren Wallace said when you talk about the true story. He, he discussed the fact that, you know, when, when they put the sword in his side to confirm he was dead, uh, blood came out, then water. Right, right. Blood came out, then water. Right. And, and that is well ahead of modern, I mean, that's modern medicine to know that symbolizes death. Exactly. And so for him just to not say blood came out of him, blood and water. That, that's heavy detail, and yeah. that verifies he was dead. He just wasn't beat to a pulp and was knocked unconscious or in a coma. That's right. Right? And, so, and, and that's the important thing, too, of the crucifixion, mm-hmm. that he was dead. He wasn't just, a lot of people say, oh, he was just beat to a pulp, and then they, he woke up. Yeah, right, right. That's <laughs> so, what they anyway. call the swoon theory. Yeah. No, uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, okay, so we have this Psalm 22, yeah, right? So right. it's given us one angle or picture yeah. of him hanging on a cross. Now, when you turn to Psalm Isaiah fifty-three, yep. this is what is written approximately uh, seven hundred years prior right. yeah. to the um, crucifixion of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But I just want all of our listeners to understand: you can go these things on your own, and you got to ultimately say, well, "Why is that written and said? You know, prophesied and predicted thousands of years ago?" I always say it's like this. Cleveland Indians open up next week, right? I think it's an away game. Yeah, I believe so. But yeah. come. Come October, um, near the end of October, there's going to be a World Series, right? So right now, if I'm sitting here, what is that, nine months out? If I write on a piece of paper, these two teams will be in the World Series. Uh, Here's the final score of the final game, and here's the most valuable player. Three things. Put it in an envelope, seal it, give it to you. The day after the World Series, you open it, and three of those things, nine months out, came true. Yeah. You'd say, wow. This guy's a genius. I'm going to get some money <laughs> on this thing, right? Yeah. That's three predictions. Yeah, right. Nine. What about 20 predictions yeah. 500 years yeah. away, 1,000 years out? See, mm-hmm. just like if I could predict the, the winner of the World Series to that, to that level of mm-hmm. specificity, how much more so? Right. And that's why I'm encouraging listeners that never did this before. Yeah. Look at how this thing proves itself. Yeah, you have to. You've got I to mean, look at it. And yeah. nobody can ever blame God yeah. 
yeah. on the day of judgment that you did not give me enough evidence. Yes. Any more than if I drive down the the, the turnpike, okay, yeah. at night, and it's saying um, slippery road ahead, watch out for ice, bridge closed, slow down, and I disregard all those signs, yeah, and I spin out and go over a, a bridge that's that's been falling apart. Whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? The state of Ohio gave me all these warnings. So, yeah. too, God doesn't want any. The Bible clearly says God is not willing that any should perish. Right. But that all may come to repentance. And uh, I think it's something we have to really, this time of the year, bear in mind. Why the crucifixion? Yeah. Well, you know, it, doesn't God say, too, after uh, his son lived his crucifixion and resurrection, there are no more excuses. There's no for more excuses. You. There's no more excuses for us. There's no well, more. We, in other words, he's giving us. A time period to follow Christ and it's the best thing for you you're gonna have eternal life exactly it's, it's, right. it's, it's gonna be hard but that's a gift but he's saying you know when you die you know if you come up to heaven and you haven't explored or been a Christ follower it's not gonna cut the mustard you didn't know nobody told you so it's very important as believers that we are supposed to do our job too. Right. That's why we're doing this show to help create other disciples. Exactly right. I mean, it's your job when you become a Christian to help others exactly find right. the Lord. Well, you've got to share the gospel yeah. and, and share your your story. You know, before we get to Isaiah 53, I want people to look at these pictures of Christ in the Old Testament. If you look at John, the Gospel of John, just for a minute, uh, he says John, some, what, uh, um, John chapter 3. He's talking to a very religious man, right? Okay. The name of Nicodemus, and he oh, yeah. and he basically tells him, "You must be born again." That, that that's the deal. You, I don't care how moral you are, how religious you are. And this man was a very religious man, but Jesus yes. says, "You must be born again." And we realize that means you're, you 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 repent, you receive Christ, and you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. Then he says in verse ten, John chapter three, uh-huh. Jesus says, "Are you the teacher of Israel, and you do not know these things?" In other words, you should know this. Truly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify we've seen, and you do not receive our witness. And then he says this, very important, at verse um, 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, Jesus is taking this teacher, this guy knows the Bible. This oh, yeah. He's sure taking him way back to the book of Numbers. Mm-hmm. Written thousand, one thousand five hundred years earlier, Numbers twenty one, and this is where Moses is leading the Israelites out of Egypt towards the promise, and they start whining, complaining. They don't like Moses' leadership, and God allows serpents to come and bite them. They're dying, and then they cry out and they repent. They go, Moses, please pray and intercede for us, and Moses does, and God says, get a pole, get a stick, a long pole. Yeah. Fashion out of it a bronze serpent, put it on top, raise it up, lift yeah. it up. Yeah. Then everybody in the camp can look up. It's probably glistening in the sun. Look up, and and just looking at it, you're going to be healed. Just look at it. So Jesus says, "That's going to be me." He says, "I'm going to be lifted up on the cross. Everybody that looks on me, believes in me, will have eternal life." Because when those guys way back in the desert, what are they going to do? Put a tourniquet on, try to suck the poison out? There's nothing they could do to prevent themselves from dying from snake bite, yeah. except obey God's word yeah. and look at that thing on the on the on the cross beam, that serpent. Yeah, look so, at the symbolism again. And it's why? And people say, yeah. "Well, why a serpent?" 
that was the thing that was killing them, right? Yes. Why would God? Yeah. Why not a dove or a bird? It, it, it created the the sin in the Garden of Eden. Well, right? the the, so the reason a, is yeah. because why, why did He put the bronze serpent up there that they should look at a bronze serpent? It doesn't make sense. <clears throat> yeah. Because when Jesus was lifted up, He who knew no sin became sin for us. So it's a perfect picture of Him hanging there, taking all our sin that Satan caused and, and all our rebellion. Mm-hmm on himself yeah. and we're just looking at that thing right and we get healed we get eternal life we don't have to work we don't have to you know go to church nine times a week or something like this yeah but we got to yeah. believe and believe that we can have that eternal but you see how he uses that incident yes. in the old testament because when they did it it probably made no sense no you know yeah. I, i've been in areas I, where there was poisonous snakes right. and i know what you got to do when you get mm-hmm. snake bit but they don't do it and, and he says, this seems almost foolish, but do this, do this, just do this, and you'll all be healed of the snake bite. It was a picture that thousands of years later, when Jesus is lifted up, just look at him and believe on him. Most people think the only way to get right with God is get super religious. Am I right? Yeah. Do this, don't do this, quit smoking, quit mm-hmm. drinking, do this, whatever, whatever, whatever. That's not it. The deal is, as many as... Re- received him to them he gave the power or the privilege to become a child of god and a lot of that flies over people's head yeah oh it does well just right over their head it's confusing especially when you look at the moses situation with the uh bronze snake i mean it is confusing it 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 took me a long time to follow it um but again you, you can that's just another example of how you connect the puzzle yeah right with with what god is trying to uh, depict for us it's just the same as, uh, you know, Joseph typology, oh, yeah. Moses, uh, you know, Abraham, David. you know, about to kill his son. And then he, he sat up, right? Um, he carried his own wood up to get Yeah, well, let's by, turn to that. Look right? at, let's look at Genesis 22. That's a good way, Dave. We don't have many minutes left. But again, we're focusing on the crucifixion and the fact that um, it's prophesied and prefigured. Literally thousands of years before this. Now this yeah, particular Genesis event, Genesis twenty-two. This could be um, two thousand years before the wow, Jesus yeah. crucifixion. It's four thousand years from where we sit right here today. Right. But this, this was the ultimate test of Abraham. He Abraham had many tests, right? Right. But this was the final test. And doesn't yeah. it say that in the first verse. Read the first verse. Yeah, sure. Um, here I am. He replied. Uh, yeah. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him. Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love. Wow, look at that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. Okay, so here we see it. Yeah. He says, God, this will be the final test, so to speak. He's had many, but this is the biggie. He says, take your son, uh, your only son. Now, he had another son, remember, it was named Ishmael, but this was the one of promise. He was a miracle child, uh, much like Jesus. If you look at Isaac, he was long-awaited. It was a miracle birth because Abraham and Sarah were too old to have a baby. He was named by God prior to right, his birth. Right. He's long expected. He's the promised one that a blessing is going to come from. But he says, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. This is the first time love is mentioned in the Bible. First time, oftentimes when you see the first time priest or sacrifice or blood or word is used, it has significance. But this sounds like John 3.16. Yeah. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now look, there's not a father figure that more typifies a father in the Old Testament than Abraham. Even Jews, Muslims, 
Christians all call him Father Abraham. His name means father. Yeah. It means renowned father, but then Abraham means father of a multitude, right? So he's the father figure. But Isaac is the miracle son. Mm -hmm. You see? The only son. Yeah. yeah. Miracally, right. again, miracle birth. He's the obedient mm -hmm. son. So he says, I'm going to tell you where to do this. In, in, in the, this land of Moriah. Well, that's right where Jerusalem is today. Mm -hmm. That's where the Temple Mount is. I can show you that in a second, mm -hmm. if you will. So Abraham, obedient, rose up early in the morning, saddled the donkey, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and the wood for the burnt offering. And on the third day, he lifts up and he sees the place where he's going to offer them. Notice what he says in verse 5 to the two guys. He said to the servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we'll come back to you. Now, notice a couple things here, a couple important things. <clears throat> the two men will not see what's going to transpire between Abraham and his son, right? Right. So, too, uh, when Jesus was being crucified, even though he was crucified between two men, for three hours they did not see the real transaction because God pulled a curtain of darkness. Do you see this? Mm -hmm. But notice Abraham says... We're going to go up and worship. And then he says, what? I will come back to you? Abraham took the wood uh, from the burnt offering. No, no, no. Which, which verse? verse? Verse verse 5. Oh, verse 5. Uh, he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. He's going up there to kill him, right? Yes. But he, who does he say is going to come back? I'm going to come back? Yeah. And then, no, we will come back We. So he's thinking his son's going to get resurrected. Exactly yeah, right. right. He says, okay, God, you want me to kill him? I'll kill him, <clears throat> but I know he's the promised seed. Yeah. So he gets a little picture of the gospel. Yeah. You see death oh, and yeah. resurrection? Yeah. So now... Isn't that... What an incredible faith. Yeah. I mean, this I mean, is... Seriously. And he's he's not Jesus. I mean, this is a pure... This is just the human he's being. A human being. He's, <laughs> yeah. he, if you study his life, he's faltered. He's a good man. Sometimes yeah, he's, still, he's worked wow. faith. What faith? Sometimes he has fear. He's Incredible. not in faith. Right. So mm. he took the wood, laid it on Isaac. Yep. See, the son carries the wood. Mm -hmm. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and two of them went together. And then Isaac said to Abraham, Father, yes, Father. He says, here I am, my son. He said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Now, this is an important statement he's saying here. The whole Old Testament tells us that there was no perfect sacrifice. That, that's why they had to do it all the time, year after year after year after year. No perfect sacrifice. Where is the lamb, right? How does John the Baptist introduce Jesus at the River Jordan? This is Behold the, the lamb. The lamb. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that, so where is the lamb is the Old Testament. There's no perfect sin. <clears throat> Behold the lamb is the perfect sacrifice is now come. Right. We did the study on the book of Revelation, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And what does John see in, John, in uh, Revelation chapter 5? Sitting on the throne. Yes. The lamb, the lamb. As it had been slain. Right. You see the lamb from Genesis all the way through. But the lamb as it had been slain indicates he still had the marks. And then Absolutely. throughout all eternity, it says all the redeemed people are around the throne of the Lamb. And what are they saying? Worthy is the Lamb. Right. So there you have Old Testament, where is the Lamb? New Testament, behold the Lamb. Eternity, worthy is the Lamb. You right. see the connecting points yeah. here, overarching. So back to this Genesis 22, he says, Abraham said, my son will provide for himself the Lamb for a burnt offering. 
So the two of them went together. They come to the place God told them. Abraham built an altar where he placed the wood in order and bound Isaac. Isaac is bound. Jesus was bound to the yeah. wood, remember, on the cross. He laid him on the altar. He stretches out his hand, and the angel says, Abraham, Abraham, here I am. Do not lay a hand on the boy. I know you obey God. So now he lifts him off. Yeah. And he gets his son back on the third day. We'll talk about the resurrection right. down the road. Yeah, right. But you see, again, yeah. there's another snapshot, yes. another picture, very significant picture, I believe, Absolutely. coming from the Old Testament. Because yeah. you have the father figure, yeah. the son, mm -hmm. you have the idea of death, resurrection, right. wood, uh -huh. where's the lamb, two witnesses, uh -huh. two men, but they don't see it because it's right. between the father and the son. Yeah. So again, uh, you're getting high detail. You know, how do you get that? Yeah. Uh, unless there's one author to this book. Absolutely. Plus, people have to ask, why would people write this book? I mean, you know, there's Harry Potter and there's, no you know, uh, yeah. Lord of the Rings and there's all these. But why, <clears throat> why put this stuff in here? And even some of the biggest heroes of the Bible fail. Abraham failed numerous times. Uh, Noah got drunk. He was naked after he obeyed God and built a David with Bathsheba. It shows there. It shows. It, it, it's 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 called the principle of embarrassment. You're putting this book together, but some of your heroes and main characters, you're showing their flaws, which is very human and very honest. And that goes all the way through. And Jesus, and and to that point, Jesus was perfect till the end. Huh. Yeah, he was humble. He was perfect, and he was obedient. Mm. You know, especially he's the only defending. flawless yeah, one. Yeah, that's the, right, and and that's why it had to be the perfect sacrifice. So, again, we're looking at the Old Testament prophecies, yeah. predictions, pictures of Jesus' crucifixion. Next week, we're going to look at the resurrection from an Old Testament lens. Yeah. But then let's, okay, let's go to the big one. I mean, this is many, many Jewish people are coming to Christ today because they're studying Isaiah chapter 53. It's just what it is. But before you get to Isaiah chapter 53, look at, um, look at chapter 52. And, uh, Isaiah? Uh-huh. Isaiah 52 and verse 13 and 14. Uh, Isaiah 13 50, and 14. Uh-huh. The suffering and the glory of the servant. See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured. Beyond that <clears throat> of any human being, See that? In its form, marred beyond human likeness. See how badly he was tortured? Yeah. but He's brutalized. But what's amazing, John 19, 31 to 37, uh, the son of David also, uh, <clears throat> despite his great suffering on the cross, suffered no broken bones. And that's carefully noted in John 19, 31 to 37. That's the amazing thing. But he must have. Yeah. You know, we see these um, depictions of Jesus in yeah. paintings around yeah. a crucifix. Yeah. Well... He's, he's hit. But to get a real actual picture of what he looked like, it says he was yeah. more marred than any man. Than a son. He was beaten. He was whipped. He was brutalized. He's got a, thorns on his head, which means blood is coming down, pouring down on his face. He's got nails in his hands. He's, he's dusty, dirty, carrying a cross, dropping the cross, right? Mm. He is... He's... Just terrible, you know. I mean, when you look at the human, look like a human. No, no. And now, and then you come. This gives us right into Psalm 50, uh, Isaiah fifty-three, um, where it says, 
who has believed our report and whom has the arm of the Lord? In other words, who believes this? Yeah. He shall grow up before him as a tender plant. This is the, the life of Jesus. As yeah. a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And we see him. There's no beauty that we should. He was a regular person. Yeah. Not like a movie star version of what the Lord looks like, right? right. He's yeah. Not like Joseph. They said yeah. he was handsome. Or Saul was a very tall, muscular man. Not so with Jesus. Uh, he is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Notice that even his followers yeah. didn't esteem him. They turned their faces. They ran away. And here's where it gets very, very powerful, David. Verse 4 and 5. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Notice, it's our sins, yeah. our iniquity, <clears throat> not his. Right. Do you notice? He's the innocent victim atoning. Now, yeah. again, this thing's written 700 years before Jesus on the cross, but it speaks of all this atoning. Right. See, you can die for a person. You can die a hero's death. You know, you run in front of a push a kid out of the way of a bus, or you can say, you can, you can die a martyr's death, but you can't die an atoning death. I can't die for somebody's sins. Somebody else can't die for me, unless you're the perfect God-man right. that came down. Right. And it says... Um, he was, notice, he's smitten by God. Yeah. This was God's plan. Yes. It didn't please, I mean, it didn't, he wasn't there rejoicing, or he wasn't, it, it, he feels for Jesus, but it's the plan. Smitten by God, afflicted. He was wounded for not all our transgressions. Mm -hmm. He was bruised for our iniquities. Yeah. The chastisement of our peace, right. his stripes. Why? Because verse 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone, everyone his own way. Isn't that what we did before yeah. we came to Christ? We're all going this way, that way, every way. Maybe you're listening to this radio program this this day, and you're thinking, "Yeah, my life's out of sorts." I'm, I'm you know, you can't live life, and your main guidance system is your feelings, and your ultimate yeah. goal in life is your own happiness. That ain't gonna work. <laughs> you got to find out what God requires you and what, what you're filling these years of your lifetime right. with. Yeah. And here it says we've left God. We've gone astray. And, and you have to make sure you're very clear on the fact that, that he took God's wrath upon himself right. for us. You know, So he took our griefs, our sorrows, and he made them his. So the real issue is you know, a lot of people, John, still they carry around their own pain, you know, their grief, their sorrow. But Jesus carried him for us, and that's what we're trying to tell you. Exactly the, the, right. The, that's what that's what the Bible tells us. It's not us, you know, creating this or summarizing it in our own words. Uh, it's exactly what the Word says, God's Word. Exactly. And, and so you you have to feel relief that you have been forgiven, and that He went through this great pain for us and so you don't have to keep looking backwards exactly you don't and have to keep looking backwards it says and the lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all and yes. there you have what's called the great exchange yep he who knew no sin became sin yes. for us that we might become the righteous. Mm -hmm. then it says we'll just start to wrap up here he was oppressed he was afflicted he mm -hmm. didn't open his mouth he doesn't open his mouth in his own defense right 
He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep to the mm -hmm. shearer's silent. He opened not his mouth. Yeah. Okay, and when you go down just a little bit, it says in verse 9, and they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich at his death. In other words, he died with wicked men. Remember, his, the two thieves on either side. But in his tomb, it was a rich man's tomb. Mm -hmm. Okay, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yes. And you see, um, I mean, again, how do you get there with this kind of description? And it's the exact thing that happened to Jesus. Yeah, and, you know, you have to remember that Jesus, uh, it appears that, you know, he was a helpless victim of his circumstances, but that's not true at all, that he was a helpless as a lamb. It, actually, his suffering and death, he was in complete control. And uh, you have to understand that. You know, I, I could I could understand the... the um, the disciples, though, I mean, if they're watching this, they're thinking, it's over. Mm -hmm. We have failed. He wasn't who he said he was. Yeah, right. But they just didn't understand his mission, and they clearly didn't understand the word that he was supposed to suffer and die for our sins, and then he would he would rise again. Exactly right. They, they, they didn't even understand what was in Scripture yeah. in the Old Testament. So, so yeah. this com kind of completes just a real quick look at the Old Testament regarding the coming Good Friday, and we mm -hmm. celebrate or we remember the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then next week, we'll look at the prophetic element concerning the resurrection. And then, God willing, after that, as we go along, we got special guests coming in. But I want to thank everybody for, for tuning in today. Again, mm -hmm. this is WNZN Radio, Lorraine, Ohio, 89.1 FM on your dial. And thank you for listening. And I want you to consider who's ever listening today a perfect time. You know, spring weather is here and. Yeah. Uh, it's a new beginning for the year, so to speak. We come out of winter. It looks like we come out of COVID. But more importantly, spiritually, you can have a brand new life. Right. And just just, just it, start with the book of John over go. Easter if you have yeah. time alone. There you go. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. God bless you. God bless you all.